I still don't accept that you, you've, you've all given me emotions. You're listening to Good Enough Games, a podcast about the things we like. This season, that's anarchism, queer stuff, and magical girls. I'm your GM for this session, Nell Wilson. My pronouns are they, them. You can follow me on social media at Lindy Bombette on Twitter. I'm joined by my players, Marina. I'm Marina Conrad. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on Twitter at Dimension Dust, and I play Fashe. Zeb. Hi, I'm Zeb. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MonsterMomZeb. And I'm playing Solange. Dash. Hello, I'm Dash. I'm afraid I don't have a Twitter, but my pronouns are he, him, and I'm playing lovely Jante. And Robin. Hello, I'm Robin. Uh, I'm a he, him, and um, you can find me on Instagram now, which is at the R-A-J Kuiper. Excellent. And who are you playing? I'm playing Violine, the adorable bike girl who got kidnapped last time, but she's back. Perfect. This season, we're playing Girl by Moonlight by Andrew Gellis, a game about magical girls fighting the darkness of the world through the power of friendship and community. My agenda for this season is to give monsters human hearts, to imagine a brighter future where we're kinder to each other and to the planet we share, and to capture the solar punk aesthetic, which merges the practical with the beautiful, the well-designed with the green and lush, and the bright and colorful with the earthly and solid. Last session, our heroes staged a desperate mission to rescue Violine from her blight captors uh, with the help of a relative stranger, a woman named Rosina Emanuel. The lower w- were able to incapacitate Amadaz and free Violine. Our heroes have learned that Fashe knew Emanuel back when she- he was with the blight. Uh, but who is she really? And what can her fate tell our heroes about their own destiny? So let's do a little bit of prologue here. Ooh, do we get to microfiction again? We do get microfiction. I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) One, two, three. A large crowd gathers outside the university. Two dozen people stand at ropes and pulleys hefting the massive cloth that usually drapes the building back into place. This ever-expanding tapestry is known to everyone in the city as the Spirit of Renity. And every year, on the celebration of the summer solstice, the day of the sun, it's added to, bit by bit. They've just finished this year's additions. A five-centimeter ribbon of reds and greens and purples along its hem, sewn by dozens of hands. Admittedly, some of them were a little bit more practiced than others, but the occasional fumble and mistake is part of the great banner's charm. In total, the spirit contains the work of hundreds of generations. As the spirit settles across the university, the crowd cheers. Even the great stonework Goliath, the one-eyed robot that sat silent beside the university for generations, seems happy to have its eternal companion returned to its side. The longest day of the year is fast approaching, and the whole city moves in preparation. This year, it'll be a welcome relief. This weekend, all doors will be opened, every space in the city made welcoming, and all of Renity turned into one big citywide street fair. Every neighborhood makes its own preparations. 
In the Bazille, a crew sets up a big stage and a dance floor in their central plaza, getting things ready for a weekend of food, drink, and live entertainment. Children run through the plaza, ducking and diving between workers and half-erected wooden supports. Watching this scene, a big lizard with a rainbow frond flopped to one side of its head flicks its tongue. Kareen urges it on. Come on, you lazy lizard. Let's keep moving. The cart whines as it resumes its journey. As the two move through the market district, they proceed without interruption. But any attentive onlooker could see that they're hauling a strange cargo, which is barely visible beneath the cover along the top of the cart. Flat stone. Intricate carved symbology. Illuminated by a flickering red glow. The ritual altar of a long-forgotten Loa. Standing with the crowd at the university, celebrating the additions to the spirit of Renity, an old woman awaits its arrival. So yeah, uh, this session is going to be all about preparing for a party. The summer solstice celebration is fast approaching and Renity is pulling out all of the stops. For once, things seem to be back as they should be. Everyone is safe and home. The horizon is clear of the blight, and though the Casimir mines remain to be one day reclaimed, that is a fight for another day. This is a time for celebration of the sun, of the heavens, and most importantly, of the city itself. Renity is, after all, the city of the sun. And what day more appropriate to celebrate it than the summer solstice? But unbeknownst to our heroes, in the midst of the preparations, Kareen has made a strange delivery to the city center, which threatens to upend the whole party. What dangers await? And will the Loa be able to save the party? So with all of that out of the way, let me pop over here. Uh, Fashé, you are planning something big for this whole thing, right? Yes, I am painting a mural which I should have thought about what I was going to paint before. Well, actually, let's, let's give you some time to think about it because we're going to review our promises because I think that's probably a good idea. So let's go down the list from top to bottom as it appears in the Roll20. So let's go with Solange first. You want to review uh, promises? Yeah, I have a promise of Macedon with Morgan, which... Doesn't work so well anymore. So I need a promise of martyrdom with someone. Um, my other promise that still works is I will protect Fashe from the influence of their past. Uh, if somebody looks like seems like they require acts of martyrdom in order to keep them safe, it's probably Violin. Yeah. Hello. Please die for me. I was kind of thinking that. Yeah, and it might work also because you weren't there to save her. So you might be like, oh, now I really need to, to like work on saving her <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I was thinking something about Violin. Um We can go through the other promises and I can like think about it a little bit. Sounds like a plan. All right, the next one is Fashé. I have a promise to Violin, uh, who is now my rival, and it's uh, I will show Violin the, dark, the, the true darkness of the world. And I also, after the last session, I decided to exchange my promise with Morgan to promise to Legba. I will make Legba take things seriously. (laughs) 
That's a great promise. I look forward to you at least attempting that. All right. Uh, Violine, let's go with your promises. Um, so my first promise is to, um, to Fache that uh, she will show Fache that friendship can fix anything. In other words, friendship is magic. And um, the second was I promise to always stand up against the worst of evils and show Morgan I can do it. And I think that works better for Solange now. Because Solange is very, um, how do I say that? Principled. Yeah, principled, but also very defensive of the group and of her friends. And she feels sort of um, dependent on that. And she sort of wants to get away from that dependency. And so she can take care of herself as well. Perfect. So you're trying to be a, a little bit more independent and make sure people aren't so worried about you. Yeah. Which is perfect because uh, Solange's promise is to worry about you, right? Yeah, hence why. That sounds like an XP factory right there. Y'all have conflicting promises, which means that there will be drama. Uh, all right, and lovely. Let's review your promises. My first one I have is... I want to show Fache something beautiful in the world they now live to specify not something they create, something that's already there. Oh, so sweet. I mean, I would try to just use Violin as an example, but, but that would have done it already. And the other one is actually related to Violin. I want to see Violin grow into, a, into as strong a woman as she is brave and kind. That is muy sweet. Yeah. Oh my god. Y'all are heartwarming. You have this genre fucking figured out. I love it. Alrighty. So, Fashe, you are working on a mural, yeah? Yeah, I think I'm doing a painting of uh, the beach, and like there's uh, the city on the beach, but in the foreground there's this beautiful brown-skinned woman wearing a bright red and blue dress coming out of the sea. And it's kind of reminiscent of the classic uh, The Birth of Venus, but it's Ursula instead of Venus. I love it. <laughs> Very classical. Perfect. Yeah. And so we should talk about where this mural is being painted. I'm kind of imagining this is like a big... A uh, piece that's being debuted in like the middle of the Bazille or something like that in the market district. What do you think? Do you think that that makes sense? Yeah, it is. It is in the middle. I think Fache will be like extremely uncomfortable with how fucking public it is. And he didn't know that, like, he was uh, completely sure that no one was uh, paying any attention to him or to the fact that he draws. Then suddenly uh, he was asked to paint this and uh, he is now a little bit freaked out and not, not a little bit. Yeah. So maybe let's, let's, let's talk about the person who gave you this job. I bet there's somebody who's like kind of trying to orchestrate all of the things for the Bazille, right? Yeah. I think that there's probably a person who is, like the event planner of this, the the producer or whatever it is, who is uh, probably like asking around. And uh, one of the things that they needed was like a, a piece 
in the middle of the Basile where all the music is going to be and all like the theater is going to happen. And uh, in the background, there needs to be some sort of, you know, cool new thing on the wall. And I'm now the cool new thing. Excellent. Yeah. So I think that this person's uh, name is Jacqueline Monprime. And so I think I'm imagining them as having like, uh, you know, their hair pulled back in some tight buns, uh, maybe wearing glasses, definitely has a clipboard, maybe is wearing like overalls with like a tank underneath it. That's in like some kind of bright neon color. Looks very artsy. So where are you when you get offered the opportunity to uh, paint a mural? Are you currently working on a different mural at one of the shrines or something like that? I think I'm actually cleaning. Because, like, repainting the shrines is more of a hobby than than an actual uh, thing that I, uh, I'm supposed to do. Let, let's make it related to preparing for the, uh, the solstice. So I imagine, I'm kind of imagining, like, they take all of the semi-private spaces and turn them into public spaces. Sort of reminds me of, like, what people do for Halloween, right? Where it's just, like, only one time of year can you actually just go hang out at a bunch of people's houses and, like, private spaces become public spaces, right? Yeah. Um, And so I'm imagining, like, even the bunkhouse becomes, like, a place where people could, you know, sit and drink and, you know, lounge on cushions and party and tell stories and whatever. So, yeah, maybe you're helping to move some of the beds in the bunkhouse to clear space for people to hang out in there. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think someone was trying to like decorate with like uh, sa- sacred sigils that are traditionally done in like cornmeal, and no one thought that like a lot of people are going to be walking around doing something in cornmeal is is not going to last that long. So now I'm basically like sweeping out cornmeal from from the bunkhouse. <laughs> Totally. I like this. <laughs> I turn around and I get just a face full of this Jacqueline Montpremier. And uh, at first I think that maybe she wants to like get into the bunkhouse. So I just move. Yeah. And she kind of like looks down and says, um, you aren't a fan of the, uh, the artwork? Well, it, it turned into just dust. People walk. You need... <laughs> To actually, you know, glue it down or something. He shrugs. Hmm, that's good thinking. Maybe we can get someone to do it in paint instead. Um, I don't know if we've ever met before. Uh, my name is Jacqueline Monprime. Probably remembers her like vaguely as that person who always seems to be in the middle of things. He nods. He says, "I'm Fashé. I do. You need me somewhere." Fashé. Actually, yes. There is this wall, kind of paint chipping, a little bit faded. Uh, There used to be an old mural down in the city center, you know, in the Basile. I'm sure you've seen it before, right? Yeah, I know. He's seen it before. It looks pathetic. Well, I was asking around if we had any talented artists who might be interested in putting together a mural. And I was speaking to Claudia Lise, and he recommended you. There's a complete blanket blankness on Fache's face. You don't have any other people? Well, 
I have a couple names, but you came highly recommended. And I think I know that some people in this city look at you with maybe a little bit of suspicion. I guess I remember everything that happened a few years ago as well. And I think that you would love the opportunity to be welcomed back into the city's traditions. And it would be a nice way of reminding people that you care about the city. I think as uh, she's talking, Pache is like becoming more and more tense and he crosses his arms. Uh, he says, people should be suspicious. That's what they should be about me. And uh, he moves to like, go. Yeah. Yeah, he goes and uh, maybe the next, the next time we see him, he is finding Jacqueline Monprimet and he has like four or five sheets of paper with him with uh, sketches of different things. He just shoves them in, uh, in her direction and uh, like asks which one. Yeah, and, and she looks down at it, smiles at you, shuffles through a few sheets of paper and says, um, they're all beautiful. I'm sure you can pick one. Does that mean that you're accepting? And uh, like he looks at her. She is infuriating. She's like the most infuriating person, except for maybe Violine. And he says, yes. And he picks the, the sketches back and is like looking at them. He really hoped that someone would tell him because he is completely unsure as to what, what is good and what isn't. Yeah, Jacqueline just smiles at you and says, um, Claudia Lee said you might be a tough sell, but I'm glad you decided to uh, give it a shot. Do you need anyone to help you? I could probably wrangle up some other people that could help you with the painting. Fashe shakes his head. He says, no, I'm fine. I'm fine on my own. Are you sure? It's a really big wall. I think he like looks at her angrily and he says, you said I came recommended. Right. Sorry. I, I didn't mean to, to doubt your ability. Well, uh, then thank you so much. Uh, the celebration's in about a week or two at this point. So uh, you have until then. Uh, if there are any problems that come up, just talk to me. All right. Yeah. He flees. <laughs> right. <laughs> Poor thing. And then hard cut to you standing uh, on like the far right bottom corner of this uh, enormous wall. And it sort of stretches out before you this enormous canvas uh, with this like faded, uh, like paint chipped mural splayed out in front of you. And you have like a couple of buckets of like paint and, you know, your sheaves of drawing. Uh, sitting on the ground next to you, and you're just staring up at this thing, suddenly very impressed by the sense of scale. Yep. And there's like a, a zooming out shot of this bright, pale, sun-bleached wall, and just this thin figure of Fache in a tank top, just standing there, realizing the the scope of the project. Perfect. Uh, so 
I, I think this might be a good opportunity for you to roll obligation <laughs> because this sounds like a lot of work. I am so stressed. I I hope I don't get a lot of stress. Uh, well, st- stress resets between missions, so you should be back down at zero. I remember. I mean, uh, Fashe as a character is very stressed. Oh, got it. Yeah. It will be completely normal if he rolls a one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Well, so I take five stress and I am completely fine with it. Yeah, the dice were listening to that scene. Perfect. Yeah. And so you don't even know where to start. It's just a, a sinking feeling of dread. And we see everyone setting up the stage and people practicing dance performances and, uh, you know, everyone in the market stalls in the bazil setting out neat little trinkets and gifts and that kind of stuff to celebrate the uh, the holiday. And you're all alone <laughs> in, in, the, uh, in the corner. Let, let's jump to someone else uh, that's, that's doing something uh, far away. What, what are the rest of you doing to prepare for this party? Well, uh, Violine would have been tasked with uh, biking stuff around, but um, the people that give her parcels are pretty upset because her bike is broken. Um, in an epic showdown against, before her kidnapping, she broke her bike. She used it as a weapon to disable the machine, was it? Yeah, yeah, some kind of low nullification device. I, I imagine that there are other bicycles around. I don't know. So is, is that, are you currently like working on getting yourself set up with a new bike? Yeah. So, um, well, I imagine there's sort of the bicycles like they're still rare and I don't, I think it's a piece of technology. Do, would people still be making bicycles? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, but then it's less severe as I have thought. Um, yeah, then I think, well, she she tells them what happened uh, and that she used her, her bike to throw it at a bunch of robot people and that she now wants a new bike because her last one got broken and she misses it. Yeah, so so there's got to be some kind of, you're, you're like relaying this story to like a bike mechanic. Uh, and I feel like it's this old, like middle-aged man who's attended to by like his like late teenage daughter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're explaining this whole story to him uh, while he's like, you know, sort of gruffly, uh, you know, getting a bike tuned up to your specifications. Um, did you request like a custom paint job or like what about this bike is custom? Um, it has those pink tassels on the side on the, of the steering wheel. Oh, of and, course. Um, and for the rest, as much glitter as they had in the paint box. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, and so I think the the young adult daughter is sort of sitting back, like listening to your story this whole time, and it's just like, oh my god, you were kidnapped? Yeah, by by robot people. Rudy came around here the other day. He was looking for you. Yeah, he he found me eventually. I told him not to go to the robot people, but he still did. I, I'm glad that you made it out safe. I'm pretty strong. I can, you know, thank you that you're glad, but you know, I can matter hand, handle myself and manage it. Your whole family must have been so worried. Yeah, but they know I'm a bike courier. Like, we're the front line. You know, we go into the into the the, the wild, deliver packages. You know how it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never heard bicyclists described in such a noble way. I'm Dutch. Maybe maybe I have a, too much fondness for bikes. Well then, uh, are you doing anything for 
the the festival? Like I said, I was going to deliver some packages, but that's going to be kind of hard right now. So um, not really. I don't really know anymore. Yeah, not until your bike has glitter on it and tassels. It's important, okay? It's my trademark. They know what they know. I'm, I'm coming around. Yeah, and, and she winks at you. And uh, the gruff old man uh, has, like, glitter on his nose uh, and on his hands. <laughs> and then his beard. And his beard, yeah. And he kind of grumbles and he says, all right, it's done. Oh, thanks. So, give it about 30 minutes to dry, and then you should be good to leave. Sure. Um, just 30 minutes? Well, okay. Do you need anything from me? Like, can I repay you or anything? No, don't worry about it. If I ever need a delivery in the future, I know you'll be good for it. You'll have the fastest delivery servers in, in, in the entire island. All of them. Yeah, and you see the two of them exchange a glance. Uh, like, they're uncertain about that claim. And they're clearly thinking about somebody that you're familiar with. <laughs> Who is your, your rival? She grumbles and goes, Rudy. No, Rudy is your brother. Oh, who was it again? It's Jacques. Oh, Jacques, sorry. Rudy is my brother. Still, Rudy and Jacques. <laughs> Rudy has secretly taken over your business and has become the best bank delivery person ever. And, and the young adult daughter's just like, <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thanks for stopping by. We've got a couple more bikes to fix up back here, so. Well, I'll wait here and see where my packages go and plot a route. And th thanks for making my bike whole again, or well, giving me a new one, I guess. So let, let's roll obligation and see how this is going for you. Eh, that's not going that well. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you got a one. So that's five stress. That's five stress. Ooh. So maybe what it is is you keep ch checking the, the paint on your bike and... 30 minutes goes by and it's not dry and then an hour goes by and it's still not dry and then two hours go by and it's finally getting dry mm -hmm. uh, and the sun is starting to set and you have like a whole little carriage and backpack of packages to deliver and you've got less and less time to do it and so maybe we see you uh, like pedaling through the city uh, like as the evening is coming on like it's a dark outside uh, you know, the whole, the city streets are lit by lantern light uh, and that kind of stuff. And everything is kind of quiet, except maybe the sound of like uh, crickets. Uh, we just hear like the rattle of your bike chains as you move through the city uh, against like the sound of people cozy at home talking to each other. Yeah. I feel like this would be a perfect time while you're on one of your deliveries in the middle of the night to come across Fache standing before this enormous mural. Yeah. It sounds yeah. perfect for me. Yeah, I think uh, Farche did settle on one of the... Actually, no, he still hasn't settled on one of the sketches. Uh, he is uh, uh, pacing, limping in front of the wall, trying to figure out where would the center of the picture be and how tall would it have to be and like trying to figure out the dimensions because he never had such big a canvas. He is still looks uh, like very, very lost uh, because basically how the fuck do you do this? He doesn't know. 
Yeah, so um, Violin will probably just like um, bike really fast through the streets uh, and then uh, come across that corner and um, almost sort of, how do you say that? Uh, she, she pulls the brakes and then the back of the, the bike like drifts. Is that what it's called? Yeah, totally. Oh, wow. You're so talented. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do some bike drifting. She does a bike drift and then she stops like she, she has a brake to, to stop really closely to Fashay. And and once once you stop, Alejandro turns and gives you a high five from the basket on the front of the bike. Because mm-hmm. y'all are so cool. And she, she winks at him and then she says, hey, Fashay, you look like you're busy with something. Can I help? And for a moment... In his mind, there's this thing like, can she help? But then he just squishes that feeling because, of course, Violin can't help. He frowns at her and he says, can you grow your arms to four meters long? Hmm. I don't know. Can you change your height? I don't, I don't know. Let, let's check. And she uh, closes her eyes and really focuses on her arms. And she goes like, hmm. And Alejandro also goes like a tiny hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, nope. No, it didn't work. I'm sorry. He is like looking at Violine and in his mind, things are starting to turn. And he uh, looks back at the wall and mutters to be some sort of scaffolding. It, you need scaffolding? You can stand on my bike. As I see it, it's probably much too tall for that. So much too high. So this is uh, definitely not not the thing that Fashe will be doing. He like, looks at Violin's bike and says, if you come any closer, you will get, get a glitter on it. Then it will be ruined even before I start. Well, why would that be ruined? Then we're working together. Then we made something pretty together, you know, through friendship. It's a happy little accident. <laughs> now I'm imagining Violin with like a fro <laughs> and a beard, a very well-maintained beard with glitter in it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Fashe just frowns and says, you don't make pretty things with friendship. You make pretty things by working on them. And don't, doesn't friendship need work? It's too much work for me and he is like turns around well i that might be too much work but can you tell me what you were thinking about making he sighs and he shoves his pile of uh, sketches in violin's uh, uh, direction hmm. and, uh, like for a moment he looks like he's going to be completely silent but then he crosses his eye uh, not, not his eyes. <laughs> but then he crosses his arm and says, I need to choose one. Uh, which makes you feel the, the nicest? The, he rolls his eyes. It's, this is not about what I feel. This is about what's better. But, but what you feel is good and better. Just, just, just think about it. What, 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 which one did you make and you were like, oh, I really like this one? looks at her with an expression on his face that's very confused. He says, I don't like any of them. Why why not? You made them, right? That that takes talent and hard work. It wasn't hard to make them. The point is that this is harder, and he points to, to the huge wall. 
So I need to uh, to choose the one that's the best. She she goes through the papers and and looks at him. What what would be what would be the best to you? Like objectively, if you were just looking at something that was the best, what what, what would it, would that be? He shakes his head. Says, "The best is the best. The least worst." And I know, but there must be like some parameters or something. Haven't you ever seen a painting? It's just it's good or it isn't. Well, honestly, I think most paintings are very pretty and good, but. Yeah, I'm not sure how the art theory in uh, Renity is, but I don't think that Fache learned any any art theory, so he can't really even articulate what yeah. what he wants. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we are making a social bond, mm -hmm. and I think it's Violin is making a social bond with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm wondering here if, like, part of the conflict is everything that you're putting together is, like, so pretty and so, like, uncomplicated, right? Yeah. You like making really challenging artwork, so, I don't know. Is that part of the problem here in this scene? Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly he is, like, concerned about making it the thing that the most people will like because he is overwhelmed with, with the responsibility. Uh, so his uh, kind of subversive, uh, angsty teenager self is like, I am not going to put any horrible tentacly monsters here. Yeah. D is that something that ends up coming up during the conversation, do you think? Like, does Violin identify that or something? Because y'all have painted murals together before. I think Violin, also with the stress taken into account of her own job, is not, not, not there for that this moment. Like she doesn't, she doesn't get that today. That's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going that way. Yeah, I think you do get bonus die though, because you are still talking to him about this, and he is really floundering, and he honestly needs someone there to to talk about it. So you do get a bonus die for the social link. Yeah, sure. I'm not sure what we are doing. We are confessing, probably. I don't know. Empathizing? I think this would be more empathizing, yeah. Works for me. Okay, that's a four. And that means I think it's a total of three links. Lovely. Three links with Fashe. I think I get links, or do you get links? I keep forgetting. Who gets links and who rolls? Marina gets links when Robin rolls. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So I have three links to Violin. I will spend one of them to de-stress. Sounds good. So, so how does the scene resolve? Like, do you end up making a decision? I think in the end, uh, Fache just he grabs the sketches out of Violin's hands and just looks through them once again with his face like contorted in this grimace of focus and anxiety and uh, not knowing what the fuck you're doing and. Uh, uh, he takes one almost, almost blindly, and just like uh, shoves it in uh, Violin's direction. Is this one good? Um, sh she smiles and, and holds it up. Perfect. I think it'd be, be great. Yeah. Then he like sighs and uh, uh, tears up the other ones and uh, shoves them in his back pocket because you don't litter in vanity. <laughs> Yeah. No littering. 
then he is like just standing there looking at the one sketch that he has in his uh, hand and that's the Urzuli sketch and uh, now he is uh, like trying to measure things and I think we see him pacing at this wall like trying to measure things with his uh, with his steps uh, like long into the night all right so let's jump to someone else Solange how are you getting ready for the party yeah, I was wondering what, like, getting the university ready for, like, people partying there looks like. Putting books away so no one accidentally steals them? I mean, I, I feel like there's there's probably usually a great deal of trust, you know, usually. Anyway, oh my gosh. Okay, so one of the things that's really important for parties is having an introvert space where introverts can just decompress, right? yeah. So it's totally got to be like, there's just like, it's just like making the library feel like cute and welcoming for introverts and like, you know, books and maybe a little bit of tea or something. Yeah. So I think like Solange is like going around the library and like putting books away partly, like dusting off, making sure there's like pillows and blankets in like the couches and stuff. And like, I think um, they've wheeled in like a table with like, I imagine it's kind of like a big metal tea maker thing so they can make tea there and yeah like setting up cups and stuff nice yeah like lots of little teacups it's like a very cozy space let's see how this is going for you this sounds very chill but maybe maybe something bad happens we'll see yeah maybe not maybe not so chill let's see oh so it's it's a medium amount of stressful could be worse yeah so i i think i know what happens so I think uh, you're like moving in and out of like this little study space uh, and making it really cozy for people to hang out. And then you spot uh, Frida uh, standing under uh, the main entryway, like the big archway at the front of the university, uh, talking to, to Kareen Seraphine, along with uh, Kareen's giant lizard. Yeah. Uh, and you see the two of them discussing something and then Frida kind of hobbling over and looking under the tarp on the back of the cart. And while Frida's doing this, Kareen notices you and sort of like tweaks an eyebrow in your direction and then goes back to talking to Frida. Yeah, I, I consider like going up there and trying to figure out what's happening, but um, I'm going to stay clear Frida for right now. Yeah, you got you got some trouble with both of them, so... Cool. Yeah, so you you see the two of them go back to work and uh, you watch them for a little bit, but you don't catch a glimpse of what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're making like a, a run into the market district to like grab a, a nice assortment of teas and stuff for the display at the university. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to the market to get my, my personal collection of my favorite teas to put there and cookies. Definitely some cookies. They are important. Yeah, cookies are, are absolutely crucial. So do you end up running into Feshe? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I would like notice Feshe working on this painting project and I'd like head over to them. Yeah, I think what Feshe is doing is he's trying to together with maybe some other people who Jacqueline um send with with him to make the scaffolding that he's going to climb to to paint yeah 
I think like there's enough mural murals in Renity that uh, people know how to do it. It just it needs assembling and like securing. And uh, Fache is not not a person who is good at this kind of thing. So he is sweaty. His uh, uh, hands have uh, like um, splinters, and maybe like he hit his uh, uh, some of his fingers like with a hammer a few times. Uh, he's he's really not having a good time. Yeah, and I think um, Solange has like is carrying several bags filled with tea and and cookies and stuff, but like puts them down, and they're also carrying like a little tray with like. A ra- uh, assortment of cookies that they're testing out to figure out which ones they're gonna get for for the library. Um, so they walk up like next to Fache and say, "Put the plate in front of them. Like, do you want a cookie?" He uh, looks up at Solange, and he just like for a moment his eyes go surprised and then soft, and he smirks and uh, takes a cookie and uh, then makes a face that says too sweet. Oh, okay. That's that one. Thanks. Yeah, he he just looks at uh, at Solange and they think, I think he asks, like, she letting you out again? She's keeping a pretty tight uh, watch on me, but yeah. Mm. Guess I'm old enough to go to the market myself. Mm-hmm. Hache looks at, looks at Solange, at, and Solange looks pretty much the same. They are always very sturdy and calm and have this presence about them. Yeah. And uh, he looks back at the at the scaffolding that's like climbing up the the wall, and uh, he says with uh, like surprise in his voice, "They." Asked me to paint a mural. Nice. What are you going to paint? He shrugs. He says, her. I feel maybe after after what happened last time, I need to pay my thanks. Yeah. That's good. He shakes his head like, I don't know. And he's, he takes another cookie. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think Solange also just like takes a cookie and bites into it while just like looking at the people put up the put up the scaffolding. I think we're doing a social bond. I think I think it's happening. Okay. Well, what are, what are we doing? I'm giving you cookies. Oh, that. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Sachet, I think likes cookies and also likes being with Solange and Solange is uh, not doing anything stressful to him. So I don't know what, what Solange is doing, but they are getting a bonus day. Yeah. Hmm. I I feel like I'm kind of perceiving, like I'm just being here and like giving you a little bit of support, but like just letting you, letting you be you. Yeah. Could be also flow. Yeah. Probably. And and I, I get bonus for thing. Oh yeah, you get two bonus dice because also uh for your hearts. Cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna flow. Okay. Wow. It's a four. It's a four, so that's 
three links. Well done. Yeah. I can bring some to you later if you want. He looks like he's going to say no, but then he says, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there pretty much all night, so if you have time, bring tea. Yeah. Oh, I'll bring, uh, I'll bring some food too if you're going to stay here all night. Mm. He nods and uh, says thanks. I think yeah. that's it. The scene? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and maybe the end of this scene is uh, a couple people that are part of this crew that set up this rigging. Uh, one of them is standing way up at the top, uh, and they call down to you and they say, all right, it's all set up. Uh, yeah, and Fashe flinches and like looks up at them and uh, then at himself and says, thanks. Are you painting this whole thing by yourself? He says, yeah. <laughs> all right, good luck. Thanks. And like now he is standing looking at it. It's like, am I painting this whole thing by myself? Really? No. Yeah, that's, we'll see. I didn't expect everyone to have, uh, like, you don't have to actually spend downtime actions for me if you don't want to. We can just have a scene and it doesn't have to be like a downtime action. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, feel free to frame scenes that are kind of free play. Like, they don't always have to be related to a downtime role or an obligation role. Just because I that might help with balancing things. But as it stands, Fashe, you're going to be single-handedly responsible for assisting everybody on the team throughout this <laughs> throughout yeah. the mission. So, have fun. Yeah. Alrighty, let's check in on what Lovely's doing. Lovely, what are you doing in preparation for the summer solstice? I think she's got something she needs to do. Well, as her obligation, it's like they're moving the fruit around, something like that. There's preparation. Yeah, totally. Or there's supposed to be some activity that's being done. Very vague. Uh, but yeah, so I'm imagining like, I, I'm sort of imagining a big communal feast. Back when we had uh, the grand boys, uh, we were talking about what their role would be. We talked about them cooking lavish meals for uh, the uh, entire neighborhood during festivals. So there's definitely some people uh, that are preparing lavish meals for the festival and they're going to be like big tables set up all throughout the market district and people are going to be able to eat food and uh, watch live entertainment and that kind of stuff. So maybe you're, you're involved in that in some way. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Pretty much everyone who currently doesn't have personal jobs to do or main activities we've all just kind of gotten roped in together with this just big community kitchen that's going through totally yeah like there's there's like a, a battalion of people like cutting vegetables and helping to make stews and all kinds of stuff there's just one problem what's that lovely really doesn't like fire oh no yeah so i i think i think what we see is her like in as close to a corner as she can get with like a table between her and the rest of the kitchen. And she's trying to like cut up just because it's almost a theme for her, just the same fruit she's always picking and delivering to people. I think there was some fantasy mango. Fantasy mango. Perfect. Indeed. Fantasy mango. That's what they're called. They're actually just normal mangoes. Right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. We can call them mangoes, but we can imagine that they're weird mangoes. Yeah, I'm just dicing them and then putting them into just like a box layered with ice so they'll keep until later. 
Perfect. And then just really, really awkwardly underneath, like the curls of her hair, just like looking up every time there's like a splash as one of the more artsy chefs does the any of the fire tricks. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like you, you got some of the grease fires and uh, like splashes of oil and the crackling and all of that kind of stuff. Let, let's see how this is affecting you. <sighs> Alrighty. Sun or moon? Oh, goodness. It's been a while. Whichever one is the lowest. All right. Uh, game exploitation dilemma. They're tied right now for one each, but we have an ability that lets you roll plus one when you roll moon. So can I pick moon and then take the extra dice for the advantage? Or is that, or do I need to exploit harder? I, I think I think it'll end up being one just because the, the plus one applies before you would roll it. Uh, fair enough. That makes that ability better. Oh, well, I got a good roll at least. Okay, cool. So yeah, you're keeping a good distance. Uh, maybe somebody sitting next to you uh, kind of like laughs. I think maybe it's like, um, uh, I'm imagining like a woman in like her 20s or something with like uh, like a super big afro with like a headband uh, holding it back and keeping it away from like the meal prep. <laughs> Just like notices that you look nervous <laughs> and is like, um, you doing all right? I, you, you know, n no, I, I don't think I am. I, I don't think this is, I don't think I like gesture with the knife. I don't, I don't think I can, it's a little too much for me. You're one of the farmers, right? Scared of mangoes? Look at her like I'm angry for a moment, then stick out my tongue. Meh. She winks at you. N no, it's the, uh, it's, it's the fire. I just don't really... Uh, you, you know how it is. It doesn't need to make sense. It just is there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you can tell, like, she's suddenly tuning into the sound of, like, crackling grease and the occasional billow of flame and says, uh, any reason or just kind of got you spooked? Don't know. When I was younger, I, I liked things like fire, campfires, candles, but just as I got older, it just kind of flipped well uh i happen to know uh they ran out of um some of the apples so they're sending another group of people back to the farms to pick some up if you want i could cover for you on the mangoes i thank you well as long as you're not scared of them <laughs> i'll be all right <laughs> good luck smiles and winks at you yeah i like reverse the knife hand it to her and then run off. Cool. Yeah. So so you get off with that with a minimum of stress. Congratulations. Empathy. Empathy. What gives? People aren't supposed to be empathetic. They're not supposed to be nice to each other. Yeah. What kind right? of crazy solar punk setting is this? Oh, wait. That explains it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolute madness. All right, perfect. Uh yeah. So you run off with the group heading back to the farms. Uh, you go and bring back a whole bushel uh, of, of like apples and that kind of stuff. And uh, what do you get up to next uh, after, after doing some deliveries and stuff? Do you, do your, does your path ever cross with Feshe? I think, I think I see what he's doing as I'm doing the deliveries. Like I, we get to pass. Where was the mural being made again? I'm sorry. It's it's in like there's like um, 
the Brazil is like a big street with all of those like multicolor awnings where people, you know, hand out different foods and crafts and that kind of stuff. It's it's the big main market street. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's that big market street and then there's a plaza about like halfway down the street. And the plaza has a stage that was just set up uh as well as uh, a big wall where a mural is being painted. All right. So yeah, I think I'm going to I'm going to run over when I see Feche working on their project, I've, I think I've delivered the apples now, but I've got like a couple extra ones that are like, they're, they're like the bruised ones that fell early. So I got to take them with me. Yeah, totally. Little side cut of just like me like going up some scaffolding. So I didn't expect you to see you out and about with everything all going on. He looks lovely and, uh, to remind everyone, no one knows that Lovely is Legba, so for Fache, Lovely is just this weird person who... Keeps getting in his business. Yeah, he keeps getting in his business and occasionally has feelings at him. And it's weird. But he just says, I'm painting this. And he kind of points towards the... Like this clothes, it's just like a color. It's just a glob of color on the wall where he started working. This clothes, you can't see what it is. Uh-huh. So, um, so what is it? And I think there's uh, another sheaf of uh, sketches next to him where he was trying out different stuff. And you can see it's like color sketches too of that that scene of Ursula coming out of the sea. So he just nods, says, Violin chose this one, so they might like it. Well, that's, um, that's really good for them, but you're the one making it. So uh, what, what do you think about that? I think they need to like it. It's for the city. Well, yeah, that's... But why are you doing it? You don't give a shit about any of the people here, though, or what they like. He, I, excuse me, I, I didn't mean to say it like that. I'm I'm sorry. I'll I'll uh, I'll go. Just uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> would you like an apple? He like looks at her, and like he looks pretty. I don't know, hurt maybe. And he's like, I give a shit. Well, you think I wouldn't? Go and fight robots? Oh, fuck. He can't because he is... No one knows. Yeah, he's just like, I give a shit. No, no, I I love the idea of you accidentally saying that. Uh, yeah, he is like, uh, do you think he wouldn't... Uh, I would I would go and just fight... And then it's like, oops. Lovely, just desperately trying to hide the laughter. <laughs> Evil person. Well, it's not that, it's just... Well, whenever you're around anyone here or you're doing anything, you just seem so angry, like like you don't think anyone's doing anything right. Now, speaking as someone who never does anything right, I feel like I need to figure out what's going on. He shrugs. He says, usually no one is doing anything right. And that includes me, so he just like shakes his head and he says, I just haven't done any of this before. I, when I paint, I just 
paint what I think, not for the summer festival, the sun festival. Oh, that's, well, that's interesting. And all of those sketches are your ideas? Well, or people's ideas? Well, I just, it's, see, I tried to figure out how to do it so it's normal. But whenever I think about all of this, we shouldn't be, no one should be just doing this when what's happening, happening with, with the blight and mm-hmm. what does it matter if, if we, if we celebrate the sun and eat apples and he grabs an apple from lovely's hand and bites into it because he is actually pretty hungry. Well, I, I guess the question to ask if it's all those things is what would you do otherwise? If we were all, you know, what if, what if we all fought? What if, what if everyone picked up their knives and tools and the fire and we, we did what we used to and we went and fought them? What about even if we won, we'd just go back to doing what we are now, I hope. Does the meaning after we've done something like that change over whether we do it now or not? I don't, I don't have an answer. I'm just, I think lovely, like really awkwardly, like gets up and goes to leave now. Yeah, it's fine. He is also like, ah, I don't have an answer. I just really, everything. Ah. (laughs) I've been, I've been trying to decide what kind of downtime role it is. I think I'm just going to, I say just, I think I'm going to make this the social link action. You can also just say it's free play, by the way. Uh, Like, I I think I mentioned, but like not everyone has to turn every interaction with Fashe into a social link if they don't want to. It could just be a scene between the two of you. Unless you think this was about bonding, in which case you can totally make it a social link action. This is about failing to bond. As awful as it is to say, I feel like I need to make them downtime activities just so we can keep things moving. I think I, I think I want this to be an empathize for a, yeah. our social link because it's it's possibly a common feeling we have, even if we're both trying to conceal things from each other as we say it. It's it's about a common ground between those. Yeah. Also, the things we're concealing from each other are pretty much the same things. I, as a player, really like this, but I think Fashe really didn't like this because Lovely is uh, like asked questions that Fashe doesn't know answers to. So you'll only get one bonus die from your cards. Agreed. Ooh, no connection. Well, it, it says connection. You get one plus one. So you get one, one plus one link. <laughs> two links. I get two links. You're going you're gonna to have all the social links at the end of this as people come by to see you. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna be in charge of so many social links once uh, the mission starts. Um, oh my god, it's like the dice are listening to us. Though I feel like every time we roll, it reflects exactly like what we've seen in the scene. It's perfect. Yeah. And then yeah, and we close with lovely like walking away underneath the scaffolding, and, like looking up where Fashe is and frowning, and then lifting up her apple and biting into it. And we have just a mirror moment where Fashe is like looking at their mural frowning, and they bite into the apple at the same time. Aww. Then, then we cut to the next.
Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, I'll open it up. Who else wants to frame a scene? I will remind people that there is a mission here. It is a tier one mission. I can pop us over to the other thing just so we can look at our clocks real quick. So y'all just need one more tick on your uh, level one investigation clock in order to be prepared for this mission. Um, so I would like to to like try and figure out what it was that Corrine delivered. But I don't know if that's like investigating or if it's just some free play or what it is. Yeah, I, I think that this can be considered investigating. Yeah. Um, and so I think what it is is uh, you hear like the the sounds of like a work crew, like a little bit later, moving the, this uh, flat stone slab someplace, and you see them uh, moving like down a, a kind of like a overgrown path on kind of the east side of the university, uh, and you see Frida presiding over the whole thing. Yeah. What do you do? Um, I think I just like like quietly tr- try and sneak along after them. I know the university pretty well, so I'm like I I think I'm like um taking like a side path and then like running really quickly and then like just trying to like be casually in like the shade of the corner of like doorway like leading out where they're like moving and watching them, even though I just ran down like some some long ways to get in front of them totally i like it yeah let, let's see how well this goes uh, this sounds like uh you're making a roll yeah uh this sounds like a conceal to me yeah yeah that's what i was thinking it sounds like i'm concealing oh and it's a two so yeah that's two ticks on the clock so you definitely get spotted, but not before you you learn a bit about the situation. So you're you're following, kind of staying a little bit off the trail, uh, watching from the shadow of like some trees and that kind of stuff. You know, moving through jungle overgrowth. Uh, there's a path that looks like it hasn't been walked by anybody in quite a few years at this point. And you see Frida and this uh, this uh, work crew heading to a shrine to one of the Loa. Um, it looks very overgrown, hasn't been taken care of, and you would guess like more than five or ten years. Very overgrown, completely disregarded. Yeah. And you don't remember ever visiting this shrine. You don't even know who it would be to. But you see them pushing the cart uh, up to it. Uh, and when they pull some of the the vines and the overgrowth that's covering it like away from kind of the, the little opening, little archway. There is a space where you've seen like a, a stone go for uh, that, like kind of symbolizes or signifies the Loa and inside is shattered rock uh, and all kinds of debris. Uh, it looks like something was like horribly broken at one point. Oh, um, and as they, they pull the cloth away on the cart, you see some of the missing stone. It also looks kind of familiar. It reminds you of the, the piece of stone that you saw with all kinds of mechanical bits and bobs on it uh, that was uh, used to... Actually, wait a second. You were, were you present for the, the mine 
situation. Oh, in that case, never mind. You've never seen this before in your life. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm just like inconspicuously. I think we see like as this is very mysterious and dramatic. I think we see Solange like just going from from one like one side doorways this whole way to another and just like sweeping the floor, trying to be inconspicuous. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's like the the crack of uh, you step on like a, a twig or something like that, and uh, and Frida like immediately turns around, and like you've never seen Frida this squirrely. Like she looks nervous, uh, and she quickly like moves back over to the workers and interrupts them and covers the stone thing back up, and then goes looking around trying to find out who's making noise and watching them. And I think that's probably your cue to leave. Yeah. So I will give you one tick on the level one clock and another tick on the level two clock. So you are prepared for a level one mission. Congratulations. Interesting. I think I also have a downtime action that I, that I would like to do. I think after Fashe uh, spent most of the, well, not most of the night, but like he worked until he couldn't see uh, properly anymore. And then uh, he went home to ostensibly sleep, but he's uh, so nervous and also like overheated and uh, uh, probably sunburned and like all of his scars ache. Uh, so he is not sleeping. And in the end, we see him transform and he goes like patrolling around the city uh, to see whether something is coming, like some robot invasion is coming for for the festival. I think it's also uh, investigating the darkness, right? Yeah, totally. But yeah, wait, so I, we gotta, uh, I feel like we gotta do these transformation sequences justice because they're badass as heck, right? Yeah. This, this is where all of the production budget goes in Magical Girl shows. All of the production goes to me. What's that? The budget goes to me. <laughs> oh none of the budget it will one day when it when it happens it will like it will be worth like a dozen transformation sequences for violin uh, they all do all the bicycle sakuga right yeah we got the bicycle club. no the budget also goes to me i didn't say anything yeah, yeah the bicycle sakuga is like top class animation uh but yeah anyway sorry so uh yeah so Describe to me this scene, like you're in the, it's the middle of the night, you're in the bunkhouse, you're surrounded by other people. Oh, yeah, man, I'm still surrounded by other people. I had a, I had a thing in the beginning of the season, I had my own place, but I think to symbolize Fashe is more like being more integrated into the community. He is now in the bunkhouse and we yeah, just totally. ne- never deal with the fact that he had uh, a room of his own before. So I think he is just he's tossing and turning, and uh, his uh, uh, his back and shoulders are like bright red. Uh, in the end, someone uh, mutters to him to just like go to sleep. He's disturbing everyone else by the tossing and the turning. So he quietly stands up, and he just comes out of the bunkhouse and uh, ducks into a lower shrine. And I think it's the lower shrine that he previously renewed or defaced with uh, his 
with his uh, little anarchist, like, let's make the beautiful deer actually the very creepy deer <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, so uh, there's this uh, painting on the wall of uh, a beautiful deer uh, watching over the city and its uh, its horns are jagged and broken and uh, uncomfortable looking. And uh, Fashe just looks at it and uh, from from the center of the shrine uh, there's there's a light and then uh, the stones are glowing and there's vines coming out of the stones and there's also vines coming up from the ceiling and everything is like Fashe is fully enveloped in this plant-shaped light. <laughs> then there's Ursuli with uh, her two rings and uh, I don't remember. Two rings or three rings? I, I don't I, remember. I thought rings. it was three. Yeah, three rings. Uh, she has three husbands, so it's like <laughs> three rings and her beautiful flowing, uh, flowing dress. And uh, yeah, her skin is perfect, like there's no sunburn, no anything. And obviously she is not limping when she walks and uh, she uh, sneaks out into the night uh, to to watch over her city. I want to make you roll conceal here real quick, because I, I think there's an interesting thing here if you fail. Okay. Uh, I have zero conceal, guys, but... Mm, is Ursula trying to be sneaky? I think she is. So I'll push myself for one die, but I will still fail. Yeah. And so uh, you hear a gasp uh, as soon as you finish your transformation. Ooh. Okay. I turn around to see who's gasping. Uh, it's Rudy. Okay. I. How old is Rudy? Uh, I think Rudy is Violine's younger brother, right? So uh, how much younger than uh, you is he, Violine? Uh, I imagine a year or two. Yeah, so maybe like two years younger than Violine, like maybe 14 or 15. Okay. Yeah, and he's like, oh man, I knew it. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think Violine, uh, not Violine, I think uh, Ursuli. Uh, smiles at him with a flirtatious smile and uh, puts one hand on her hip and uh, uh, comes closer to him and says, what did you know, child? I, when I, when I was in the Blight Territory, I, I thought I saw Fashe fall out of the sky. But before that, I thought I saw, I thought I saw you. You're, you're Fashe. Or Ursuli. Both? She shakes her head. She says, It doesn't matter who I am. It matters that I'm watching over the city and I'm watching over you and all the people here. And uh, she comes uh, closer and uh, like cups her, uh, cups his uh, face in her hands and goes, You're a smart boy. You know, that no one can no one can know know about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I 
I won't say a thing, but does Veely know about this? Well, maybe you should talk to your sister, right? And uh, she shrugs and says, don't, don't tell anyone. And don't tell Fashe he gets shy. And she kind of chuckles. Okay? Uh, 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 all right. Why are you... Why are you so much nicer than Fashe? Did you think Ursuli was not nice? And she kind of pl- playfully uh, seems a little bit offended. I just... So you're like different people? No, no. I just temper him and... He doesn't know what to do right now, so he decided it's up to me. What? What's he worried about? That you'll tell something to someone, betray his secret, make all of us, uh, put, put all of us in danger. But you're not going to do that, right? No. D- don't worry about me. No, I, I, I won't do anything. Yeah, and I, I think she ruffles his hair for a moment, like rearranges it a little bit. And uh, she says, good boy. But she doesn't uh, kiss him because that was a little bit much for Fashe. <laughs> and then she runs off. Well, go- goes to do the investigation thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're just left with like this dumbstruck teenage boy watching you leave. Yeah. I have to say that everyone loves watching uh, watching Ursula leave. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. So, what mischief do you get up to? I'm patrolling the city. I'm trying to see if there is any impending robot doom that is uh, coming to us. All right. So, I would like to proceed, probably, to investigate the darkness. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. This is great. <laughs> uh, probably Fashe was just so so upset about all of this that they couldn't concentrate Rosalie and Fashe together. Uh, so that's a one plus result. So that's two. Yeah, I, I, added, I added two to the clock. Great. Uh, and so I think what it is uh, is... You you can fly, right? Yeah, I think we've established you can fly. Yeah. So maybe you're kind of drifting over the city. Uh, do you wear kind of slightly billowy clothes, or what's the vibe? Yes. Totally. Uh, really thin, billowy, and roughly dressed. Nice. Uh, yeah, and so you've got, uh, you know, the moonlight, uh, you know, reflecting off of the folds of your outfit, uh, and you're kind of drifting through the night sky, you're finally starting to feel a little bit more calmed down. And I think maybe like part of you is, is reassured at least for a few moments. And then somewhere in the distance uh, behind the university, you see uh, like a flash of red light that illuminates like the entire silhouette of the university. Like there's something behind it that glowed for just a brief second. And then it dims. And when you float over there, you don't see what it could have been. At some point, I return back to the bunkhouse, still sunburned and 
really anxious, but now so completely tired that in the end, Fashe does fall asleep a little bit. That's good. All right. Uh, so what are, the, what are the rest of y'all getting up to? Well, I think Violina is still doing her um, her rounds now because it's quite late, but um, I'd like to add some investigation to that uh, to, in, out of character. Uh, in character, I think she just drives around and starts thinking about what happened um, the last couple of days. Uh, that, that she got kidnapped and everything, and while she's not really a lower or is tasked with that, I think she, she has a bicycle and she feels like now I can travel the roads real quick and I can, uh, well, do some rounds. Like, I'm, I'm not supposed to, but I'm, I'm a proud young lady with a bike. Damn it. I'm going to do this. And, um, I, th- I think she's just going to drive around and, and find, uh, find trouble if there is trouble. The great ancient bicycle Loa. Yeah, perfect. Maybe you're like biking around the neighborhood. And with all the streets like pretty much empty at this point, uh, you've got like free reign over the city. So I'm imagining there's lots of like, you know, jumping from rooftop to railing to balcony and then like sliding down like a tree trunk. Uh, and like all kinds of cool bike maneuvers, right? Like I'm sure you've got all mm-hmm. kinds of shortcuts and different things that you figured out in the city. Yeah, it's like she was the side of the, uh, like she has some of those uh, those bars on the side of her wheels so she can so, so slide across the railings. Totally get that BMX thing going. Yeah, get that, get that old-fashioned 2004 BMX thing going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got glitter, tassels, a basket, and BMX rails. I fucking love this. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a battle chariot. Like, what else? Yeah, and so maybe you find your way to, like, a rooftop garden kind of on the edge of of the city, looking out, uh, you know, like, over the mountaintops and all the farm fields and that kind of stuff. And you kind of sit there, and, you know, it's like a summer night, so it's very muggy, and uh, you hear, like, the the chirping of, uh, like, crickets. You feel the humidity. You're probably sweating a little bit through your shirt. And then you feel a wave of like increased heat. And it's almost like the, the sun is beating down on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look over your back and let's see your roll. And then we'll find out what you see. Sure. So let's see. What do I roll for this again? It's, it's whatever you're using to... Um, to perform the investigation. This seems to me like flow, maybe. Yeah. Like, you're just kind of taking the world as it comes. Uh, or I could also see, like, perceive or analyze. I'm not good at any of those things, so... Okay, Let, let's, go with, let's go with flow. Yeah. Oh, I think I did well there. Yeah, you got a five. Cool. Yeah. So that is three more pips on the investigation clock. So y'all are very well prepared. You have one tick into the tier three investigation thing. Yeah, you are more than prepared for this coming mission. Yeah, and so you look over your shoulders, and uh, I think Alejandro is sort of napping on the rooftop, and you feel like this wave of heat on your back. You turn and you look, and you see a silhouette uh, standing on a distant rooftop. They look like they're watching you. There's like a red glow coming off of parts of them, almost like uh, there's like a trickle of like a very viscous fluid 
running down their form of like pure blackness. Huh. It, it sort of evokes like like something made out of black stone, like volcanic stone, and uh, like the trickles are like trickles of magma, and uh, this figure's hair uh, is entirely continuously flowing river of magma, and you can feel the the heat radiating off of their form from where you're standing, and they look like this. I, I wanted to describe it thoroughly because our viewers or our listeners will not be able to see it. Uh. That jacket, though. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I was like, that. that's a look, though. It's a very cool look. Yeah, and so they have a jacket, uh, like a cropped jacket that almost looks like it's made out of stone. And you see that their eyes glow with that same molten red. And they're watching you from maybe a good, like, three rooftops away. How do you react? I, I think she stares and... Um, is, this, is this, like, high rooftops? Or is this, like, rooftops down the road? They're not super high, I guess. I don't know. Like, you're, you're looking at... I think it's from, like, the same height. You're seeing them from the same height. But there's maybe, like, two or three streets that you would have to cross to get over to where they're at. Well, v- Violine is very naive. Well, not very naive. She's just very inquisitive. So she... Um, I think she'd just wave at the person and decide to go towards there, see what it's all about and who they are, making sure not to scream or shout like, hey, which she would normally do during the day, but that's it's, it's evening, so... Yeah. As soon as you make moves to come towards them, they sort of, like, cock their hip to one side and, like, tilt their head at you sort of scornfully. And then they, you see them jump off of the rooftop that they're standing on. And you bike over there as fast as you can. And you see, uh, like, a trail of molten red along the street, uh, which is, like, slowly evaporating into the air mm-hmm. into, like, motes of light. And you see them standing uh, atop, like, the giant stonework guardian that is leaning against the university. Mm-hmm. And they're doing something strange that's causing the entire, like, figure to glow. And when you get close enough, uh, they jump off the other side and disappear. I see, yeah. Then she just tilts her head, confused, and uh, shake it like uh, like she's asleep and rub her eyes because she feels like maybe she just saw something. Or it's Lo- Loa's messing with her, but she doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. And and like you go over to the, the, the giant stonework guardian at the university, and you probably put your hand on it. Mm-hmm. And it, it isn't glowing or anything, so maybe you did see something. But the stone is just a little bit warmer than you would expect it to be at this time of night. Yeah. She, she, she shrugs and tilts her head a little bit further and then looks at Alejandro and she's like, whispers, did you see that? Alejandro lets out a big yawn and uh, puts his paw in front of his mouth and shakes his head for no. Oh, she, 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 yeah, she makes a sound like, oh, you're, you're such a tiny sleepy one. So cute. Ah, well, must be working late. Um, But that reminds me, I I need to get some inner fire because we still have three packages to deliver, Alejandro. And and, uh, Alejandro lets out like a miserable squeak uh, and grabs your neck like he's begging to just go to bed. Yeah, she shakes her head and says, no, no, let me say it like this. If you stay up with me, you'll get the sweetest carrot I can find. He, he kind of like leans back and like looks at you in the eyes uh, and seems to contemplate this for a moment and then holds up one paw and then holds up a second paw 
like <laughs> he wants to. No getting greedy now. Holds up both paws emphatically and then crosses his arms. Very adamant <laughs> about that second carrot. Yeah, she she just baps him on the nose and, and uh, bikes on. Kind of huffs. Uh, but yeah, now at least your companion is awake for the remainder of your deliveries. Yay. How many how many actions do we have left here? We got three. So who wants to do some next? I would like to start a long-term project Ooh. to get another room in our lair. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what room are you adding to the lair? I think I'm going to work towards the healing space, which is the plus one dice to recovery rolls during downtime. We don't really need it, but it unlocks the next few ones. Does it have recommendations for how long these clocks should be? Otherwise, I'm just going to assume it should be like a six count. I think in the long-term project part of the book, there's a thing. Six segments for a standard project. Perfect. All right. So yeah, I think it's I think it's after she goes and sees Vache. Lovely goes to our our little miniature greenhouse. And in it we have like this like I don't know, we have this attached on it was a shed, but we we cleaned it out at some point in time. And we have like there's little training dummies in it. Well not really training dummies, but there's like stone that's set up in these pillars. And you can vault and do like athletic things on it, which is how we train Sun. And that was just, it was like something that just got renovated without our knowledge, but we came here and we figured out we could do that. Well, people who know about each other know about that. But I think, I think for the healing space, what I want to do is we had like a, not a pond, but there was like a spring in the center of it near the statue, I think. You're talking about in the Arboretum? Yes. There can totally be a, like a pond. I think if there's a spring, then there would need to be like a creek that was leading somewhere. Otherwise, the water would end up just filling up the whole space, right? It's uh, within the building, so like maybe it's just a, a pipe that leads somewhere. Yeah, by spring, yeah. it's like some ancient old world like water pipe that has a leak here. Totally. Yeah. And maybe maybe there is a little creek uh, that leads through uh, like a little culvert on one side of the Arboretum and runs out into uh, like the fields on the other on the outside. Yeah. Instead of like changing the way it is, I think I make it so that there can be a pond here. I like I'm going to I'm going to dig a space up and then Lovely's going to line it with some she's going to line it with like river stones that she's collected and make a, a little meditation pond. That'll be that'll be the healing space. It'll be this clean, pure water pond lined with smooth stone. I like it. That that's beautiful. And because it's as appropriate as I can, can I roll flow for this? <laughs> just for the pun. I just said that for the pun. There might actually be a better roll for it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean that that sounds just silly enough to work. I'm because I I can't necessarily think of a better one. Yeah, I, I can't look at anything else here and go like, yeah, that makes sense with designing a pond. Yeah. Analyze if you were like surveying the space and like carefully excavating. But I think it makes a little, I think it makes sense to just kind of be like, oh, what is the shape for this pond that would kind of complement uh, like the, the trees and the bushes and the surrounding like landscape? Enough talk. Let's make the roll. Hey. I believe that gives me 
four segments, I believe. Does it? Is it is it more for long term projects? You just get two ticks, I think. No, two ticks. Jeez. Cool. So you 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 lay ground, you break earth rather. And so it starts to fill up a little bit, but this has a long way to go before it isn't just a hole in one corner of the Arboretum. Like, I've stacked up the rocks and I've, like, outlined where it's going to be. Not much else. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. I think I want some social link time with Solange. Probably with Solange, who is, like, the most stressed. I'm the most stressed. That's what I know. Together with me. Yeah, Violin is also stressed, but I don't think that Fashe would approach Violin. No, that's fine. Oh, is Fashe still hurt? Uh, no, we uh, took a, a group ability that is uh, lets the lower energy heal us when we transform. He healed as he transformed into Ursuli last time. Right, I remember that. Sorry. But yeah, I think I think at some point. Yes, I know what I'm doing. Fashe turns up at Solange's uh, space where they usually rest or not rest. <laughs> and uh, uh, he turns up in the morning and uh, there's this... It's very close to the festival. It's probably like two to three days uh, uh, away. And uh, his eyes are very very bright and a little bit red from not sleeping. And uh, uh, he is almost vibrating. Uh, He comes up to them, uh, to Solange, and says, come with me. Yeah, and I think Solange was just, like, eating eating their breakfast, like, just eating a bowl of porridge with some fruit in it. It's like, okay, um, one sec, and then just, like, shuffles the rest of it into their mouth, and like, okay, okay. (laughs) Aw, Solange. And gets up, still, like, chewing. So Fashe uh, leads Solange to the mural. And a lot of it is is done, if not finished. Like, there's the main color spots are kind of blocked out. And a lot of what remains to do now is the detailing. And uh, the thing that uh, Fashe is doing right now is drawing all the flowers in the like there's a city on the beach and there's uh, the forest the jungle uh, next to the city and there's like huge flowers uh, like not realistic at all that are on some of the trees and on some of the buildings and also in Ursuli's hair and uh, uh, he gives uh, Solange a brush and uh, says you like flowers, right? Let's let's paint flowers. Just like looking like a little surprised, and like, um, yeah, I like flowers. Okay, I'm not really artistic. He just like comes over and he sketches out some flowers that look like primroses flowers. The flower in primroses head part, a large building, just sprouting all of these. Primrose flowers. Yes. Oh, can I pick the colors? Yeah, basically it's like a little coloring book. Yeah. Yeah, so Lange immediately goes to work, like picking out colors. And 
it might annoy you or it might not, but I think Solange is like, what if this flower had several different colors of petals? So like mm -hmm. there's one flower that has like a purple petal and then like a red next to it. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Fache is like looking at Solange's work, and uh, uh, I think he's smiling. I think he's smiling and he's understanding things about community. I'm so proud of Fache. So let's roll. I'm not sure what this is. Maybe empathize. I, I could see a strong argument for flow just because like somebody is doing it not the way that you would do it and you're just being like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, flow flow is good because I actually have dots in flow. Nice. Perfect. And yeah, um, so Lance enjoy this, this, so you get a bonus die. Okay, so I get two bonus dice because my heart is pure. It's like really dark and someone ripped out some cyber implants from it so it's like lopsided but it's pure yeah that's a six nice so four links total for you you all are going to be a teamwork machine when this thing happens i'm so excited does anyone else have downtime actions remaining i do uh, all right, let's let's do a violin scene, and then we'll figure out what happens to this mural before everything goes to hell. Sounds fun. I think so. No, um, she's actually. Well, I imagine this is now the end of her um, her her bicycle route, and she went past Fache, and she 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 went past Mac, the lady, and um, she delivered a lot of packages. And now she's sort of going home, but she's passing. Um, I, I, so I, I think uh, based on the last scene, we've advanced to the next day. Um, I don't know if this is a scene that could be happening the next day. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's also perfect. Uh, so, so she would have biked home and um, went to bed and talked in Alejandro next to her. And um, the next day, she gets up bright and early and her uh, packages are later on the day um, because she always takes a little bit of time in the morning. Um, but she's bright up and early because uh, she's out to go and find uh, some carrots for Alejandro because she remembered that while they did their little little dance before and she he gave her a, a high five, uh, Alejandro still can't transcend from what she knows. So she wants to invoke more of that confidence in him to get it and sort of reward him. Maybe she can like feed him a carrot and make him feel better, more appreciated and can transcend again. She doesn't really understand how it works. Right. But presumably carrots are involved, at least. <laughs> I mean, snacks. snacks. Snacks have good things, and, you know. I love this logic, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how people become magically transcendent, like avatars of gods uh, walking the earth, but, you know, it probably involves carrots. He's an honor. Like, honors like vegetables and sweet stuff and sweet carrots. Perfect. Uh, so what do you think you're rolling in order to advance this? So what I think that would happen is she would actually bring him along and she would like constantly hype him up. And I think she just tries to, to uh, constantly go like, oh, I know you feel bad, but we'll, we'll you know, I'll, I'll help you and don't worry. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it and I'll feed you more carrots. Maybe it helps more. And uh, she nuzzles him and all stuff like that. He's basically a water cat. So I, I would think this is more empathizing with his issues in the form of carrots. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You're you're trying to 
you're assuming like the wound is partly emotional and so you're just trying to make them feel better. Yeah. I like it. Hey too. Nah. Not super successful. Cards don't have anything to do with Loa. <laughs> no, not really. That is a pip on the clock. You're not like imposing throughout any of this, like, hey, why don't you try transcending? You're just like, here, my friend, let us be nice to each other. Yeah, she's just she's just like treating him like it's his birthday. Cool. Except it's not his birthday. Yeah, and so maybe maybe he's got like a carrot like clutched between two hands and is like devouring it. And maybe he's like, you know, laying on like a, a picnic table that's been set out in the middle of the bazil, uh, in preparation for all the, the food and festivities. And, you know, just looks like he's having a very nice time. And you see like a, a brief like frisson of like white, almost like electric energy like run across his body. And he looks up at you shocked. Um and all of his hair is standing on end. And he looks down at uh, his paws. And there are some, like, symbols that are glowing in his fur that are, uh, like, quickly dissipating. And he sort of, like, uh, looks at you excitedly. And then runs over and grabs another carrot and starts devouring it as fast as he can. <laughs> but for the rest of the afternoon, there's no more signs of his transcendent power. That, that's okay. She'll, she'll just keep on going and doing their stuff. Alrighty. I think that does it for everyone's downtime actions and stuff, yeah? Yeah. So, let, let's cut to the day of the party. Uh, or, sorry, maybe the night before the party. Fashe, how's, how's the mural thing going? Uh, you've got, like, 24 hours to have this thing done. Uh, where, where, where is Fashe at right now? Fashe is in uh, creative hell. He finished it, and everyone likes it. And... Everyone is like, oh, it's so pretty, and the flowers, and Ursuli, and all that stuff. But he keeps looking at it, and it seems to him like it's wrong in some way. And I think we see him painting like into the night. I like it. And yeah, maybe uh, Jacqueline Montprume uh, happens to be coordinating some last minute stuff late into the night uh, and sees that you're up there uh, continuing to paint. She kind of strides over and says, uh, having second thoughts. He just looks at her and uh, he says, it has to be right. Well, thank you for putting so much work into this. Like very surprised (laughs) and then very pleased. Like he doesn't know what to say. So he just, is silent. Yeah. Uh, she kind of strides over and looks up at the thing and says, um, did you end up getting some help in the end? Some. And she smiles big and says, I'm glad to hear it. Good luck. Yeah, he, he nods and that's seen. Yeah, totally. And so it is the day of the sun, the summer solstice. I think this is like a weekend long party. So for two straight days, people are going to be celebrating this whole thing. It's like the equivalent of like Christmas morning or something like that. Everyone is getting up. Everyone's getting dressed up, wearing all kinds of beautiful colors and putting flowers in their hair. And Thank you for listening to Good Enough Games. If you liked us, tweet at us at goodenoughrpg, all one word, or send us an email at goodenoughrpg at gmail.com. Our GM is Nell Wilson. Our producer is Marina Conrad. Our music is by Ketsa. Our game system is Girl by Moonlight by Andrew Gillis. 
powered by Forged in the Dark by John Harper. Sorry for missing last week. Our editor was feeling kinda crap. But we will be back next week for sure. Just one last thing. The most important thing. Be kind to yourself. Isn't that the ultimate goal of hypercapitalists? To be more powerful than the state? Yeah, probably. I mean, I can do that now. I just have to not shut down anytime my wallet accidentally is empty.